0: to another episode of That Anita Live, emotional healing to help you create a happier life. Today our topic is forgiveness. We're taking a deep dive into the healing aspects of emotional healing. My guest today has perfected the healing technique of spoken word and is here today to share how it has helped her heal. Welcome to the show, Kaziah Snipe. Welcome, Geziah. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming out Thanks today, me. hanging out with me. I'm glad to be here. So tell me how you came to be aware of your talent with spoken
1: word. Well, it took a while. Um, I started writing when I was seven years old mm-hmm. and uh, it was my way of kind of uh, under, well not really understanding, but uh, processing through everything that was kind of going on Okay, So me. when you were writing, you were writing about I would write about things around me, things okay. that I saw. Okay. I was a really shy kid, and so I didn't feel like uh, what I had to say or the words that I you know, had to say were important, so I kept them, and I wrote it down. And it, it, the first thing I ever wrote <laughs> ended up rhyming, and I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I think I'm I like this rhyming thing. I think I'm gonna keep <laughs> yeah, it going, okay. so. Uh, I, I didn't realize I was creating a practice of, of writing everything I was feeling and thinking down and creating this, uh, this, this body of work.
0: So when was the first time you got a reaction to? Oh,
1: you know, many moons later, many moons later. (laughs) Your um, body (laughs) of work. So like I said, I was really shy, very self-conscious. And so um, when I was in college, a friend of mine invited me to an open mic, and she was like, you
0: know. Okay, hold on, shout out, where'd you go to college?
1: Oh, I went to the University of Memphis. Oh, in the house, (laughs) okay. Okay. And so um, she was like, you should uh, absolutely do that poem. You know that poem you were telling me about like two weeks ago? You should do that poem at the open mic. And I'm like, no, that's not why I'm here. I'm just here to enjoy the open mic and that's it. So of course I ended up on stage, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. And so I, I did the poem and the response, I, I, yeah. the response <laughs> was amazing. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, Oh, okay. And that night, someone else scheduled me to come, I think, to their church uh, and do a poem. And I'm like, ah, I think, I, I think I just started something. Yeah. And so that was over. That was 11 years ago. That's not
0: that long. Ago. That's
1: yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: this is not that. So, long. That's yeah. We don't have to talk about <laughs> oh, okay. years in sorry. college. No, that's, okay, I'm yeah. saying that's that's not that long ago. <sighs> okay. sis, that's not okay. that long ago. so, how is it that you came to recognize that it was actually
1: helping you? emotionally not until maybe five or six years ago uh you know southern kid um strong black southern christian mom so you don't really emote (laughs) you know (laughs) 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 you don't you don't emote you don't really show like weakness or we're feeling Mm -hmm. when you're feeling vulnerable you just you deal with it and and you move so i've been in survival mode my whole life whatever problem you have is yours yours despite who family business stays in the family <laughs> children all are meant to things. be seen and not heard See, you that, know
0: that southern, that's that southern all, thing. but we we all got it from mm-hmm. back in the day as to how
1: your emotions and your self-care is supposed to be handled right. and basically it was non-existent right exactly exactly so my mom wasn't really old school she was first school okay <laughs> okay So like all the values and stuff that she had from being raised in Mississippi, my dad was raised in Louisiana, and so it was just country, just southern and country. And you know, all those really old traditional values, uh, she kind of instilled with me while working through her own trauma, which kind of helped, well not kind of, it definitely helped inform how she raised me and my brother. And so, um, yeah, I I started doing spoken (laughs) words then and it just... I started at first my very first because I, I released three albums three spoken word albums so my very first one was very um for the lack of a better word very churchy you know very come to church jesus loves you blah 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 you know um but the second project you know i had gone through some <laughs> some things my job experience um and the poetry became more compassionate uh it became more like not necessarily it was God-centered, but it was people-focused. And so like recognizing that people are kind of really going through it, (laughs) people are going through it. And so I need to be a voice and be willing to be vulnerable and reveal my struggles Mm -hmm. uh, to others. And so I didn't know I had a problem with forgiveness. I didn't, mm -mm, no, I'm like, you know what? I'm about to write a poem on forgiveness because these people out here need to be forgiven. and. I guess the lord was like that's cute but you have to work on (laughs) forgiveness yourself okay so it's like forgive your dad forgive your mom forgive your grandparents forgive yourself you know Mm -hmm. just that Mm -hmm. whole process and i could not the poem took me like a year and a half to write could not finish the poem until some healing had taken place and so i'm still you know still in my process, but I'm way better than I used to be. So it was then I started talking more about just stuff that people are going through, um, and stuff that we're experiencing, you know, being living in this, in this world and in this society and just kind of fighting and going, so. So, tell me
0: specifically, you mentioned your Job experience. Mm-hmm. What was the toughest incident that you remember that you had to forgive someone for?
1: Woo! um the toughest was probably because, as you said yeah we're out here we're going through. we're going through it yeah we are
0: so we are what was the toughest experience you have ever had to forgive i'm not going to ask you don't have to give me something that you're working on right now because you know we're always in motion (laughs) working it out
1: it's always a process (laughs) absolutely it's a process
0: you can give me something because you can once you heal from something you can look back on it and not be negatively, emotionally attached to it. So You want the
1: hardest or you want the, the funniest? The hardest. The hardest. First. First, First. okay. Um, the biggest was forgiving my father. Um, unfortunately, he, you know, he started, his trauma started young. I mean, he was born in the 40s, so of course, you can't. You couldn't and avoid in the it, south. right? And in the south, mm. so you couldn't really avoid it. But um, his father passed when he was thirteen. He was the oldest boy, mm. so he, b- besides being son, he also became provider, and so that's that was his focus, mm. providing. Um, so he had no childhood, not really. Yeah. And so with those, you know, that important stuff kind of missing, you know, he, um, you know, got eighteen. He was drafted. Uh, went to uh, during the Vietnam War, and um, you know, came back, married my mom and, you know, they started, but there's still no that kind of emotional intelligence and kind of, you know, that it w- it wasn't ever there because it was always provide, make sure stuff is done, provide, make sure stuff is done. And that the fact that all that stuff hadn't been dealt with, like the mm-hmm. death of his father, my grandma was not a nice person. Strict. And so <laughs> <laughs> and so and she was very domineering too and so just kind of a lot of mm-hmm. just a lot of things that kind of and, and then growing up in the 40s and 50s anyway um being black in the south mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. there was a lot that informed um how he became like girl you of, sound like we can be related. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you some stories about that <laughs> generation
0: from yeah, the 30s yeah, and yeah, the 40s yeah. and yeah. the generation before that mm-hmm. which it was really like the first or the second generation out of slavery. Absolutely, my my grandparents
1: were sharecroppers.
0: So they they carried mm-hmm. with them a lot of the pain, hurt, and resentment.
1: Right, and right. and had no. And they, I mean, you couldn't help but kind of infuse that into your children too, because I mean, right. they yeah. see the struggle just like anybody else. Right, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, unfortunately, my father uh, turned to alcohol, and um, he was like verbally abusive, but he. I think the one time he tried to be physically abusive, he had also, was he was also drunk. And so it didn't really work out for him. Right, um, right Kind right. of missed the swing a little bit. Yeah, no. yeah. so, um <laughs> and So, but under kind of understanding and reflecting, all I thought about was the fact that he wasn't around and that I needed that parental guidance, because like I said, my mom's kind of dealing with her own, I needed somebody. And so, um, you know, uh, that became, a real hard thing for me because I would see other little girls with their dads and I would just be just heartbroken and I'm like, why don't I, you know, my thing was, why don't I deserve that? Like that stuck. That stayed with me. That mm-hmm. stuck with me. And so, um, he passed back, man, I think I was a sophomore in college and I don't think we ever exchanged, like, I love you's. We never, ex- you know, I don't think we ever hugged or anything like that. and. I was so I was so conflicted at his funeral. Like, can I cry? Like, do I really know? Mm. Like, you know, you feel obligated. Your dad, is, you know, has passed away. You feel obligated to cry, but can I really mourn? Like, is that, you know, would it be real? You know, or would I just do it because I feel like I'm supposed to? And so, um, you know, it took a long time, but the more I learned about him, he did the best he could you can't do beyond what you can do. Like his capacity was just, Mm -hmm. it was what it was. Mm -hmm. And so that helped me because just the type of guy that he was, I think today, you know, um, because he had moved past alcoholism, he had really started to clean up and and get things together. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, he and I could have been best friends, you know, but it's just, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I really had to let, like, let it go. Just literally let it go. I will f- every Father's Day I will fight back tears. Every year on his birthday I will fight back tears. Like why couldn't he be better, you know? But without taking into account the stuff that he had to experience himself, and so that's that was the hardest part. So is he the
0: inspiration for forgiveness?
1: forgiveness? Yes.
0: Okay. Yes. Now, the funniest.
1: The funniest. Okay. So um, while I was still down south, I was working at a little elementary school on a dirt road in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And um, like, I, like I said, I had gone to school all my years in Memphis. So I was working in Mississippi at a elementary school. And um, my first day, my lead teacher was taking me on a tour of the school. And <laughs> uh, she's taking me down the third grade and fourth grade hall. She's like, oh, let me let you meet this teacher she's our grade lead i was like okay so i I looked at the door the sign on the door and it said f owens and i'm like couldn't be no 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 (laughs) couldn't be Mm -mm. of all the schools in mississippi and tennessee this could not be the one that she's she couldn't possibly be still teaching so she knocks on the door the teacher comes in comes out she's like hi i'm like hi my name is uh, Miss Snipe, and I'm gonna be working in the school this school year. And she was like, Oh, okay, okay. And so we just, you know, we had a great year. We had a great school year. Um, I helped her in her classroom with her kids and all that stuff. It was a great time. And then at the end of the school year, I said, You really don't remember me, do you? And she said, No. I said, Didn't you used to teach a John P. Freeman? She said, Yeah, I taught at Freeman, but th- I retired from Freeman. And I'm like, Mm mm-hmm. I said, I was in your fourth grade class. This is a teacher that targeted me (laughs) all the time about any and everything. Like, legitimate, you know, you hear kids say, oh, that teacher doesn't like, she did not like me. And so she targeted me all the time, tore me apart all the time. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Mm -hmm.
0: So you worked in her class Mm -hmm. the entire year. Mm -hmm. Didn't pray for any vindication, Mm -mm. didn't ask for any revenge. Mm
1: -mm. Okay, (laughs) go ahead. (laughs) And so, you know, she, um, I said, you, I'm I she's like, I remember you. She said, oh my goodness, you were so bright. I loved having you in my class. And I'm sitting here like, excuse me, you, what? Okay. So that was the funniest. Just for you to be in all the schools in Tennessee and Mississippi, you wind up in this, in mine, 20 years later.
0: So for either of those, did forgiveness feel like a release?
1: It did. Absolutely. And you could
0: actually feel it emotionally. Absolutely. And it came out through your writings. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Use what you can to help you begin to heal. We're taking a break. We'll be right back after this.
2: Welcome to That Anita Live TV on YouTube. Here at That Anita Live, I share episodes about emotional healing to help you create a happier life. How do I do that? Through awareness, education, and most importantly, you, the community by sharing tips and techniques from real people with real stories of overcoming trauma and abuse to live relentless lives. Hanging out with me, you'll laugh, you'll learn, but most importantly, you'll heal. Never miss a moment! Subscribe to That Anita Live's YouTube channel today! subscribe via thatanita live.com/youtube And we're back. Welcome back to That Anita
0: Live. We are doing a deep dive today into the technique of spoken word to help you with emotional healing and with me I have an expert in the field of spoken word Miss Kaziah Snipe. I didn't know I was an expert. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) You should Google yourself sometimes. Oh, okay.
1: Yes, (laughs) you should. You should Google yourself
0: sometimes. For this segment, Mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of do a break that down for me. Okay. Okay? Because forgiveness, Mm -hmm. which she will perform for us later on in this episode. I pulled out a couple of lines. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And I'll... Read a little bit from the line, okay, and you give me the deeper, oh boy, deeper, all right, meaning, okay, <laughs> okay, all right. I always knew I was forgiven, but I never took the time to learn how to forgive.
1: Mm-hmm. So, you know, we learn. That the Lord forgave our sins. We learned that early. Like That's like primary Sunday school class. <laughs> as like basic, you know, kind of Christianity. Like the Lord forgave you when he died on the cross for your sins. So I always knew that I was forgiven. But somewhere along the line, like the application of that forgiveness mm-hmm. or any forgiveness at all, didn't get it.
0: Like many of us.
1: Like many of us.
0: Because... Some of us can. I mean, we can cut you small, let you bleed slow over the yeah, long term. True, true. And then others of us, we can, we can cut you loose.
1: Like and not think about it. <laughs> Done. Quick. Right. Cut cut exactly. Roots. Exactly.
0: <laughs> okay. Second line. <laughs> okay. Wish they were more forgettable moments. Constructed with an ample dose of move on
1: mess? Mm-hmm. What is that? What is that? So humans are equipped. We are designed uh, to kind of self-heal. Like if you cut yourself, the blood starts clotting in that cut immediately and starts to heal and, you know, creates the scar. Um, we, we're typically our own first responders. And so, um, you know, we rush to fix, rush to fix. Something goes wrong. Bottom falls out of this. We rush to fix and we rush to fix. And so we got this You know, okay, I got to just pull myself up by my bootstraps and I just got to move on. I just got to do what I got to do. So we got this little bit of portion of moving on, which is, it's not really, we haven't really moved on, but we say we have to, like, I guess we're trying to convince ourselves, you know, we say, well, I'm moving on. I'm I'm done. I'm done. My hands are off it. I'm Mm -hmm. done. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's that self-healing thing that we try to do.
0: The confusion between time keeps on slipping. Mm Mm-hmm. And though I am, say, sixty, ninety, or two years
1: older,
2: mm-hmm.
0: emotionally, <laughs> I haven't moved it on. Not all. unless it's
1: dealt with. It's just, <laughs> it's just there, festering. So, yeah.
0: Number 3
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Pain is something you have. Ooh. Hurt is something you are.
1: Mm-hmm. Anita, I could tell you, I could. Flick you on your knee. I'm like, ow. Why are you, you know, it's pain. But I could tell you, I don't think you're going to amount to anything. That's internal. Like pain is usually external. But that internal, mm-hmm. like you affect somebody's emotion, like how the emotions is connected to the mind and to the heart and to the spirit. That's that deep and you carry It's called, you know, it's hurt because you carry it with you. And like I was saying earlier, it informs everything you do like a, a seven year old that's told you're not going to amount to anything at age seven is gonna probably believe the same thing at age 14 and then age 21 and so on down the line. And it's gonna take a series of like unlearning and relearning what they've been told for them to even change their minds about themselves. Ask me how I know. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, so that the hurt is something. Starts. Yeah, once that seed is in there, that that follows you, it's with you, mm. you know, so.
0: Is one more easier to forgive than the other?
1: Pain is easier to forgive. Hurt is is deep, it's the depth of it. Uh, Like I said, hurt stays with you, it attaches itself. And so it's, yeah, it's way, way more difficult to forgive and it takes longer to, hurt takes longer to heal from. Because usually the hurt, you can't see. You know, you can see the pain, oh, you cut yourself. Yeah, it's, it's coming along fine though, but the hurt, oh, I think you got daddy issues. And it's like, yeah, I'm working through it, so.
0: The reason for the bad decisions we can't explain.
1: Yeah, so, (laughs) um, I'm a firm believer that when we are at our most vulnerable and we, we are at our most hurting moment that we should not make decisions because we're making them strictly out of emotion you know, when things are cloudy, when you are highly emotional, anxiety is high, whatever is high, things are cloudy and a lot of things we do against our better judgment. And so we, when we are in that vulnerable place of, of unforgiveness, of hurt, of trying to reel through the pain and deal with it, we are unfortunately not well armed to kind of, uh, to make better decisions.
0: Mm-hmm. So would you say that childhood trauma mm-hmm turns into adult dysfunctional behavior.
1: Absolutely, Absolutely. it turns into teenage dysfunctional behavior. It turns into, absolutely. Easily. Easily, absolutely.
0: I'm not keeping anyone that doesn't want to stay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Walls. walls absolutely <laughs> like I said we you know we're our we fir- we're our own first responders mm-hmm. so we build up these walls like if you keep hurting me you keep inflicting this pain upon me uh, eventually I'm gonna be like you know what I'm not gonna let you hurt me anymore but many times in keeping out the one the offenders we also keep out the helpers mm-hmm. and so we you know we build walls to protect protect Ourselves, But sometimes we're protecting ourselves from the very thing that we need. It's like, what do you mean you love me? No, no, no. Last person that told me they love me messed me over. Nobody's getting in. So.
0: So even if you cannot rhyme with your writing like the expert here, expert. you can still write, you can journal, you can take what is emotionally affecting you internally. Absolutely. And pour it out by simply journaling. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't have a notebook or a journal, post-it notes, grab pieces of paper and just write what you're thinking and what you're feeling. Don't edit, don't think, just write. Because emotional health is just as important as your mental and your physical health. Take time for self-care. If you need to talk to someone, reach out. We're on Facebook, Twitter. We're here to help you. Sometimes you don't want to be fixed, you just want to be heard. And without further ado, we will have our performance of forgiveness by Ms. Keziah Stipe.
1: I should have written this a long time ago, but I'm a firm believer in only speaking about what I know. And for the longest time, I knew I was forgiven, but never took the time to learn how to forgive. Pain is fleeting. Inflicting its affliction during a chance meeting of emotion, reaction and circumstance slightly slows the beating of speeding hearts for a few, wish they were more forgettable moments, but the resilience of the human spirit is on it constructed with an ample dose of move on Yes. Hurt, however, has a tendency to take up residence. Find the deepest corner of the heart and mind to slowly take precedence of emotion, reaction, and circumstance. You see, pain is something you have. Hurt is something you are. And adding even more fuel to the flame, hurt has a face and a name. Wish they were more forgettable images displaying on the walls of the heart and mind. Over and over of the wrongs performed against what was mine. You see, hurt is a dangerous little thing. It wears a mask of anger and simultaneously one of shame. It is the fuel behind the actions we can't ascertain, the reason for the bad decisions we can't explain, the whistleblower at the beginning of all the games. It will dwindle a grown man's perspective into that of a child, reduce a wife and mother to the mindset of when she was five, much like a spirit, hurt only needs one thing to survive, a host, somewhere to hide. Something to feed off of, to ensure it thrives. Now, how would I know about forgiveness and how to apply unless I had stared unforgiveness square in the eye? I made excuses for my ease of detachment. Said stuff like, I don't want to keep anybody around that don't want to stay. If they want to leave, I'll show them the way. Walls constructed in an attempt to protect me from being hit again. It seemed like I got burned every time I let anyone in. And you can only be hurt so many times and abandoned by kin and friends before you toughen up and develop thick skin. But are we tough enough to look within and not allow a protected heart to let bitterness sink in? It is a battle to accept apologies, then grin but it is warfare not to receive them and then forgive as if the offending party isn't fully aware of what they did in the very least they could do is make an attempt to make amends there's a reason that few tears fell from my face when i saw him at his end the obituary spoke highly of his life but failed to shed light on what he kept dim i didn't perhaps i was fixated on his absence had trouble wrapping my mind around how he could ignore the attachment. My eyes, rich skin tone and smile all match his. Now I'm a grown woman trying to retrieve the pieces so forgiveness can begin patching. At first I was latching onto the false hope that the hurt would disappear like magic, but no sleight of hand or illusion can master turnaround and help in the action of asking. Fact is, holding a grudge is like letting someone live rent free in your head. But if Jesus paid it all and canceled my debt and cashed the check that Adam wrote and offered new life in its stead, and I profess to be coupled with the carrier of the cross and a pursuant of the perfect purpose of the cost, I'll count the loss for therein is gain. The release of these grudges brings cease to these refrains, the repetition of positions of hopelessness and abandonment, being a consistent victim and coupling our personalities with the negatives life has handed us. When Jesus went to the cross, he had our grudges in hand with him bore our swords upon his back to carry to the grave and banished him when the stone was rolled away the messiah had strolled away but if mary had ventured deeper into the tomb alongside our sin she would have seen our hurt thrown away not because it has no worth but because his love loves the hurt away and so today We have a choice, to be content with being okay or to live a life fulfilled with joy, to walk in Christ's example as we have our whole lives to live through, remembering that our own new life started with, I forgive you.